All right, everybody, you know what time it is. The Real Talk Sports Show is coming up right now. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Real Talk Sports Show. I'm your host, Minister Jonathan Simmons, and we are very, very excited to be back in the building with you. We want to give a big shout out to those of you who are watching on the replay on Pedascope. Thank you so much for doing that. Also want to give a big shout out to those of you who are watching us live on our live stream portals, which are the following, YouTube Live, Periscope, which will soon be Twitter TV, and the Facebook all live. And we appreciate all those of you who have tuned in to the broadcast to watch us. Well, you know, anytime we have a broadcast that uh, we do, we like to bring in all of our people. We're going to have a great, great, great show tonight. As a matter of fact, let me let you guys take a look at what we're going to have happening tonight. Great, great stuff. We got a great assortment of guests. So tonight, we'll be talking about some breaking news, some sad news from the NFL. Hawks are still struggling. High school football, we're going to spotlight Jonesboro High School, located right down here in the south side and talking about their season of COVID, their college recruiting process, all that kind of good stuff is going to be talked about tonight. We're also going to have a community outreach spotlight, as we always do, and also he's going to be incorporated as our Black History guest. Clemente Gordon is going to be joining us, former NFL player. We're also going to be talking about the NFL draft, NFL free agents, and, of course, we're going to be giving you an update on our Atlanta Falcons. I shouldn't say our because, I mean, they're like, yeah, I have to be kind of neutral, but uh, we're definitely going to have a talk with the Falcons and their draft prospects as we come up, bringing one of our favorites on with us, D. Orlando Ledbetter. We also have a surprise guest. You got to stay tuned because uh, you wouldn't know who it is unless you stay tuned. But let's get right to the meat of the matter. I know that you guys like to see me sometime in the lockdown living room. We want to welcome you to the lockdown living room. But I know that really you're all waiting with bated breath. For the queen herself to arrive, and I believe she's in the studio now, Miss Tree Dolman, welcome back. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Doing all right. All right, so uh, it is uh, good to have you back. So uh, tell us uh, this weekend, what did you do? Anything fun? Um, just kind of relax, take it easy. Kind of how was your weekend? Uh, my weekend was pretty busy. I stay busy. I'm always working on a lot of different things and watch sports, did some reading. It was pretty awesome. And then I did finally watch Bridgerton, a show that people kept telling me I should watch. So I finally watched that. So I had a I had a decent weekend. How was yours? Hold up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You said you watched Bridgerton. Oh, yes. snap. Yeah, I got to tell you, I will admit uh, my daughter got me turned on the Bridgerton, and yeah, it was really, I'll just tell you guys, okay, just so that you know, there were several points where the preacher had to go, oh, golly, because they were um, very animated and uh, very accurate in the portrayal of the intimacy of a married couple, and I'll kind of leave it at that, uh, but it was definitely very well-written, outstanding show. I enjoyed it. Um, my daughter, I think, is now watching, I think, for the, I want to say the third time. I think she watched it now. So, uh, yeah, but definitely a great story. Yeah. Um, for those of you who get a chance to do it, how many how many episodes is it? Like about nine or ten, I think? I can't remember. 
I think for 10, season one, it was eight episodes. Eight so episodes, I'm waiting, right. I'm waiting for season two. <laughs> and that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing there's going to be a season two. And like I said, again, it is really, if you guys haven't seen it, you know, again, I, you know, watch it because the story is extremely well written. The other thing, too, is that was kind of cool was the whole diversity aspect, you know, talking about Queen Caroline, which it is alleged that she was a woman of color. Um, and just kind of seeing how that diversity worked uh, in English court, because contrary to popular belief, it might not have been to that level, but there were a lot of people have melanin in their skin have always been involved in history, even in Europe. Just, yes. just saying, just in case you guys don't know. So, yeah, definitely if you guys want to get a great program, uh, you definitely want to watch that. So I'll pop back on the screen again here so you guys can know what we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, we got a good slate of topics here uh, that we're going to be dealing with uh, from Ralph to Rip talking a little uh, breaking news, kind of what's been going on in the world of sports. Uh, there's always something going on. We did have a, a couple of some sad news that kind of happened in the NFL. We're going to talk about that. And then uh, we're just going to get with you guys and see how the weekend went. Then we're going to talk some high school football. Uh, I should say we're going to talk about the Hawks. They've been struggling like crazy. We'll talk talk about them. Then we're going to bring in our, our featured guest for the evening, uh, Joan Burrow High School. We're going to talk a little high school football, talk about high school recruiting, uh, how they kind of dealt with the COVID uh, as they you know kind of went about their business and what really was a, a season for the ages. And then we're going to talk a little community spotlight slash black history. We're going to bring in a guest, Clemente Gordon, former NFL player. He's going to talk to us about what he's doing in the community and also about his dad, who really is a part of black history. And then we're going to talk NFL draft, NFL free agents, Falcons update, and Falcons prospects. All that stuff is going to be coming on the show, so you want to keep it locked in and zoomed in because so we got some great guests besides Tree and myself that are going to be joining us here on the broadcast. We're pretty excited about it. Well, um, there was some sad news in the um, – in the NFL uh, today, it was released that a 38-year-old former player, 13-year veteran, three-time former All-Pro Vincent Jackson, wide receiver for several teams, including the Chargers and the Eagles, um, passed away over the weekend. Uh, somewhat mysterious. Uh, people looking into it now. Uh, they'd actually he had been they filed a missing report, missing person report by his family, and he was later uh, found unfortunately unresponsive and passed away in a hotel. Vincent Jackson, a uh, great player. And evidently, hearing some of the things that, that the players are saying uh, was a great man as well. I know, Tree, like I say again, your husband, you, uh, your husband, uh, Chris, was obviously very involved in the NFL. By any chance, did you get a chance to meet Vincent Jackson in your travels? Not that I can recall. If we did, I don't remember. I've met right. so many people. I, I don't remember everybody's names. I'm sure. But I do know that it, it was very sad when reading the news, but... I know the police said when they had the missing persons report, they found him and they spoke to him Friday. And so they canceled the missing persons report. So they saw him and he had been staying at that hotel since January the 11th. So very, very sad story. I hope they can figure out what happened. And at such just a very young age of 38 years old, that's very sad. And especially with the type of person that he was and the great things that he did for his community. No doubt. Yeah. And, you know, the, you, we have a lot of stories and we, we again, we don't want to speculate. We try to do that until the facts come in. But, uh, you know, one of the things that has been a hazard of playing NFL uh, besides brain injuries and impacts and things like that. But often players, um, when they retire, it's, it's, it's kind of you go from almost 100 to zero sometime if you don't have your, your life well planned out. Yeah, a lot of players, when they retire from the NFL, they have a lot of 
problems and it's very similar to a lot of soldiers when they come back from combat. And so the programs are really similar and getting them acclimated to regular society from the life that they were living. And it is tough. It's something that is definitely being looked at with the NFL and other groups to find a better way for players to cope after they retire because it is a completely different lifestyle. Yeah, no doubt. One of the things that I had a chance to do a few years ago when they had the uh, concussion movie out, um, they had a premiere right here in Atlanta at the uh, Theater at Atlantic Station and got a chance to meet a gentleman who was one of the guys profiled, a guy by the name of Keith McCann. So those of you are watching that are familiar with SEC football, he was an outstanding landbiker from the University of Alabama, two-time All-American, um, and was, was slated to go in the top 10 and was drafted, I believe, either number four or number seven by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And unfortunately, he actually came into his NFL career with already some injuries. And he said when he talked to the people from Tampa Bay and the team doctor after doing the examination, uh, the doctor basically was very frank. He said, we think you might have a four to five year career. And he said the folks from Tampa Bay basically said, hey, that's that's kind of what we're looking for. And he said at one point he was taking, I think he told me, in excess of 150 painkillers a week. <laughs> to wow. deal with his pain. And I will tell you, Tree, that at some point in time, that might be the dirty little secret that really kind of unhinges a lot of things in the NFL because I think that once they start to peel back the onion, you look at guys like Junior Seau and several guys that, you know, had difficulties uh, either with suicide or other different things, depression, it's going to be a problem because I think they might be able to tie some of this erratic behavior from these players, um, you know, going back to their – you know, they're heavy medication. So uh, definitely, hopefully that wasn't yeah. the case with Vincent. Well, you know, I, I do understand that at the same token, even when you're playing in the NFL, nobody can force you to take pain medication. Nobody can force you to get a shot. Nobody can force you to do any of that. Yeah, the doctor or the team trainer can tell you, oh, well, you need to do this. It's your body and you have to care about your body, you know, so, but everybody can do what they feel they feel is best for their career. I just know even at one point where a coach was trying to tell me that I had to take creatine back when a lot of players would take creatine, I said, no, I'm not taking it. It wasn't up for discussion. You can't make me put anything in my body that I don't want to put in my body and I'm not taking it. And I didn't. And so, you know, People just have to stand up for what they believe in. No coach, no trainer can make you put anything in your body that you don't want to. And if they are giving you a shot or giving you something, you need to know what it is. Ask what it is. But honestly, the sad truth is just that a lot of players are aware of what they're putting in their body. But because they want to be on the field, because that's how they get paid, they get paid when they're playing. A lot of players pay through, play through playing in the NFL. It's, it's the sad truth. And so they do take a lot of pain medications or the medication to numb the pain or, you know, it's, it's sad, but each player has to definitely take care of their body. Your body is your most important thing in your health. You know, no doubt. And, uh, you know, we have, like I said, mentioned again, we have a gentleman that's going to talk to us, not so much about that, but I'd love to get his, his ear and talk to us a little bit about that since he played in the league. Well, let's take shift gears a little bit here because, you know, this is something we haven't done for a while. We're going to bring them back. High school football is back in the news. Why? Because it's recruiting time. And believe it or not, they always got to get ready to start looking at, you know, spring practice not too far away. So we're going to bring in one of our favorite head coaches here, 
He's from Jonesboro High School, head coach of the Jonesboro High School Football Cardinals. The Timothy Floyd is back with us in the building. Coach, welcome back. Hey, thank you. Um, glad to be back, man. I appreciate you uh, inviting me back. Well, yeah, man, I'm I'm excited to have you guys back. And as you can see, I have a lovely co-host now, uh, Ms. Tree Dolman. So uh, we're excited about her being with us as well. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. So, Coach, uh, talk to us a little bit about, uh, first of all, who would you bring with you today? I think we got some people in the green room down there. It looks like you might have, uh, oh, wait a minute. You, don't tell me you brought the syrup, can you? <laughs> yes, sir. Let me get him on the screen. Hold up. The guy wanted, listen, this guy got one of the best nicknames of all time. Coach Sir in the building. What's going on, sir? How you doing? How you doing? Okay, Coach, go ahead and describe what Coach Sir does for you for Jonesboro High School. Well, first of all, he's uh, Coach Sir. He's the Sir King, Sir God, uh, Coach the Offensive Line. Um, he's also the recruiting coordinator. I know we were going to talk a little bit about that, so I, I invited him on with us. Well, yeah, man, it's important. And this is this is a big time for you guys, right? You have uh, – this is basically the, the full part of recruiting season. They broke it up a little bit, I believe, right? A couple of years ago, they went to kind of like having shining days at two times of the year. Am I got that right? Yes, it's an early period, and then the national signing day is still what just passed, I think, last week it was. Mm-hmm. And so who else you have with you, Coach? A um, couple of 2022 guys, juniors, that will be back next year. Um, Cameron Leonard, a linebacker, and Kyle Hernandez, a receiver for us. And there's Cameron, and let's see if we can get Kyle up in the building. And there's Kyle right there. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Well, gentlemen, you know, it's uh, first of all, Treat, what, what, what would you like to ask these guys about this – I mean, crazy season that we've had with COVID and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I just would like to ask both of you, how have you really pushed through this season? Because this season is like no other. I know it's difficult with everything going on with COVID and school and then also training. So how have you persevered through everything that has taken place this year and last year? I'll start, Coach, sir. Uh, first of all, we had to educate ourselves to you know, make sure that you know, we um, kept ourselves safe so safe so we can keep the kids safe and help them educate uh, educate them about the situation. And, you know, we tried to, you know, follow guidelines that were set forth, plus things that we thought were best for our area, as well as, um, you know, keep them informed and ask their opinion about certain situations. Coach Serve, you want to add to that? Um, like Coach said, we had to, you know, educate ourselves. Uh, the beginning of March was kind of, you know, a new thing with the virus going around. People knew about it, didn't know these things about it, didn't know these things. So uh, moving towards the season, you know, we was. Kind of lost Coach there. Uh, we get to Coach, sir. Coach? All right. I'm not sure where Coach kind of disappeared to. Well, uh, hopefully we'll be able to get him back in the green room in just a moment. Well, gentlemen, now, you know, if we talk high school football, I always have to bring the experts in. So we have a guy that uh, knows more about high school football probably than anybody here in the state of Georgia. He is, of course, one of the guys that brings you the high school football coverage uh, for Georgia Public Broadcasting, GHSA. He is, to me, the living legend, the one and only Sam Crenshaw is in the building. Sam, welcome back, sir. 
Always good to be here. I don't, I was, you saying all the things. I'm like, who in the ham sandwich is he talking about? You know, <laughs> it ain't me. I don't know who you talking about. talking about. I knew it was you, no, Sam. No, no, no. Coach Floyd, good to see you. And uh, and Cameron and Kyle, I saw you guys. I caught a, got you guys for a couple of games uh, during the season. It was very pleasant to see uh, the way you played and the way you you uh, you held your own and you didn't give up. I was at the Whitwood Academy game and you guys were down in that one and were having some difficulties in the first half, uh, but you didn't give up and you you fought and you fought and I I was most impressed. Uh, with the way your team fought and played that night, Coach. And um, like you said, you got a couple of young players there who you're building on for the coming season. I think you guys are ready to be a factor and uh, really run for that uh, for that region championship in the coming season. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing. And that's most definitely one of our goals. And, you know, these two guys are, you know, part of that core that core group and a part of the leadership team that's going to that help, help get us there. What are you guys doing this time of year? And I, I, I will ask because, you know, like you said, we've gone through two recruiting periods. You know, it's, it's gotten that way. In this particular year, it's interesting because of the lack of visits. I mean, what you guys could put together on Huddle and, and any other thing, and Zoom and any other thing you could use, you know, was a good way just to get the players before the college coaches. And then all the shuffling that's going on, transfer portaling, and things that happens between the first recruiting day and the second recruiting day. There are a lot of opportunities that came available, you know, just during that period of time. And I'm not saying that's going to happen that way every year, but coach, wouldn't you agree is a, there's a different kind of year really because dealing with the pandemic, a lot of people having their hands kind of tied yet, you know, you had all these coaching changes at the cut and I'm still hearing about coaching changes that are going on and how that affects those players and schools that all of a sudden have a scholarship or two available that maybe they didn't have before. Yeah, it's most definitely a different kind of year. And like you said, um, there's a lot of changes going on and something may pop open that wasn't there uh, previously. And, you know, it's just, it's got, we just trying to keep open communication with college coaches and with our kids, you know, trying to, trying to find them a home. And we've also started, you know, with the 2022 class, they, you know, we're getting some interest on some of those kids too. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, I want to go around to some of the young men real quick and just kind of get some feedback to them and kind of what, how this was this season as far as how they were able to go through the COVID and kind of what your expectations are you coming up into the uh, upcoming year. Kyle, I guess I'll go to you first. I feel like this year it it definitely it definitely hit us hard, especially with with COVID. You know, pushing back games, you know. But I, luckily for us, nobody had got COVID for us, so we just we just kept pushing through no matter what what was going on. You know, if if games were gonna get rescheduled, we just kept pushing through. We just kept doing us, and we just kept lob strong. Yeah, I got a chance to cover you guys uh, during that stretch. Cameron, how was it? I think you guys played it. What, what was it, Coach? Like three games in 12 days? Cameron, how did you guys make it through all that stuff? Yeah. Uh, our coaches did a perfect job of this COVID stuff, like the situation. They let us push. We worked out. worked worked our butt off the whole week, the whole 12 days. Try to be number one team in the region. Just like we had that mindset, nobody can beat us. And we just LOB. 
L-O-B, I like that. So uh, give us give us the breakout. I'm an OG. So give us that L-O-B. What does that stand for? Uh, I love our brothers. Well, you guys yeah. did it, man. Uh, you guys were able to kind of, you know, stand up and, and really do what we needed to do. Um, let's see. Okay, everybody's back. And I just want to make sure now we, we – I think the, the syrup man himself is back in the building somewhere. Let's see if I can pop him back in. Coach, are you there? There he is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm sorry about that. It's, it's all good, Coach. So now for you as being an assistant coach, obviously your appointment to help out, uh, you know, Coach Floyd, kind of what was your sensibility going through the COVID is trying to keep the kids back on that field? Uh, like Cameron said, we were blessed to not have anybody with COVID. Uh, we did have to do the three games back to back. Just being on, you know, our my position saying, hey, you know, make sure you keep your mask on, make sure you're being safe. Uh, you know, us as the adults, you know, we have to make sure they're doing the right thing because they're looking up to us. So, you know, we have to do our right thing too. Yeah, no doubt. It is a it is a team effort. Now, let's go back to recruiting for just a second. Um, we also have people here that have gone through this before. Tree, you one of them. Um, how, how much for you at that time was it uh, the, the decision to go to school was it mostly yours? Did you have input from your parents? How was it for you? And then you might want to ask the young men the same thing. Well, I know for me personally, I was the first in my family to go to college. So I did get some input with the recruiting, but honestly, I just was playing my heart out and looking at the different opportunities that came my way. And then I did discuss it with my father because I was going to go to University of Kentucky, North Carolina Tar Heels, and then Middle Tennessee called, and I had never heard of the school, but once I took a visit to discussing it with my father is what helped me choose to actually go to Middle Tennessee over the two larger universities. But I was blessed to have opportunities to play at pretty much most of the colleges in the United States, and it was a true blessing. So what are you all looking for when you're looking for a college to go to? What What is your number one motivation that you two are looking for for your recruitment experience? Cameron, we'll go to you first on that one. What What, what kind are you looking for when you're looking at colleges? And uh, personally. Yep. What did you say? Cameron? Um, I'm going to um, have to say first thing I'm looking for in this uh, college is the education. Got to have a good education. Got to have what I want to do. Then, as like the sports, I'm gonna have to look for like a brotherhood that I fit in the best. All right, Kyle. Let's go ahead and ask you. Uh, for you, what's kind of your big thing as you look at a school? For me personally, picking back up what Cam said, like just that family, that brotherhood. Um, also, some some place that I got that. I know that I want to be there for the next four years to get my education, to get my degree, and just have that football competitiveness, keep competitive. I'll tell you, man, all that stuff is really sounds like it's on point, man. You guys are really, uh, you know, making it happen, man. And I'm, I'm just excited that you guys are able to come on and, and talk to us again. Now, how about the upcoming season? What are you guys looking forward to uh, this season as you move forward? Um. Well, we're looking forward to any team, any team that want to play us. We we ready for anybody. Uh, Coach, you sound you got ready already. Let's let's go to social media. Real quick. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm ready to go. He said, "Let's get it right now." Let's go to social let's go media. To, uh, 
because it's been buzzing here. Let's take a peek here. We got the. Uh, I think that is. Oh, let me get my. Gotta get my glasses on, boys. Let's see what we got. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah, I got the specs on. It says, looks like Peyton Nolavia says, yeah, that's my favorite uncle, Coach Sir, getting a big shout out right there. <laughs> also, we got uh, we got the, our main man here. We call him the offensive coordinator. Uh, he is an assistant manager down at the uh, at DNK Soup City. H.C. Hardy, he said, sending congratulations to his cousin, Lee Anthony Williams. His two sons, former Roswell defensive back, Anthony Williams Jr., was a three-year player at Clemson and not Marshall. And uh, give a big shout-out to those who played at Buford as well, Malik Mo Williams. And then we want to go here to Mr. LaShonda Baldwin. Coach Sir, man, you, you got a little fan club out here. Yeah, he does. Oh, Coach, there you go. Yeah, he does. That's a nice right. brand right there. Uh, oh, okay. Well, good to have friends, Coach. Amen. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> and Shatari is exactly saying – Let's go Uno. So, yeah, Jonesboro High School, always uh, folks representing. Uh, once again, she's saying, uh, I guess that is to Cameron Uno, auntie loves you. Amen. Why is it? I like it when the, when, when the family gets involved in the shout-out. Here's what I'm going to do, too. I'm going to go into the yeah. green room because I have another guest. He's supposed to be on a little bit later. But this young man played in the NFL. I just want to get his – see if he's ready there in the green room and have him kind of give some – Quick thought on how it went for him when he got recruited. But one more focus on social media. Tanya Gay is saying, let's go, Cameron. All right. Uh, let's see if we have our one of our special guests there, Miss Clemente Gordon. Mr. Clemente Gordon lurking in the green room. Clemente, are you there, sir? Yes, I'm here. Huh, there he is right there, the man himself. Oh, man, sir. there he is. <laughs> Listen, you see, today? sir, we're doing good, man. We're doing fantastic. Good to have you here. I know you're, you're not slated to come on for a few more minutes, but I saw you back there. What would you give as encouragement to these young men and maybe their families as they go through this recruiting process? Because you've been through it. Uh, the main thing I would say, just uh, when you go to the school, just make sure that you get a good feel for the school, for the coaching staff. Uh, you know, like you said, the educational part of it, make sure that, that that's the that's school that fits your major and what you want to major in. And uh, you'll just get a feel for it once you go down there. You know, of course, there's going to be some social activities that will play a big part in it also. I'm not going to lie about that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, still, you got to concentrate on the educational part of it. The football, and yeah. football and basketball and baseball, whatever you're going for, that's going to come, you know, because obviously if the school wants you, you're a great player. You know, you are, you are a great player, and they feel like that you can play there. That's going to come naturally. The hardest thing is the social part, learning school, because, see, when you go to college – no one makes you no no one wakes you up in the morning to go to class. No one do you have a lot of freedom and you really have to be disciplined. Well, that's that's good advice all the way around. Let's go back to social media because it is buzzing. We got Nisha B saying shout out to Coach Sir, your only sis, and Ardell Baldwin saying the same thing. Love you, little brother. Hey man, what he wants to call his whole family. I listen. <laughs> We're gonna start printing some t-shirts for coach, man. We're gonna print some t-shirts and some bumper and some bumper stickers. And coach, listen, I'm not mad at you, man. We 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 appreciate that. We always ask our guests to definitely let people know they're coming on. And coach, you've done a great job uh being kind of like on the vanguard for social media. Uh, I know that uh, a lot of times that uh, coach Floyd, he's busy, and, and I know from talking with him, social media is not really his thing. So, uh, Coach Sir, yeah. I know you 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 do it up big on Twitter. I follow yes, Coach Sir, yes, man. I follow Coach Sir on Twitter. I'm on you. I'm on you, Coach. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Hey, you big time now, Mr. Crenshaw, following you. 
<laughs> Coach Floyd, I want to ask you what, what, one, one thing while what, what, what we got you here. I know we, we hope to get everything back on schedule and have spring ball in May. I know a lot of people doing their mat drills and doing their lifting and their running right now. Will it be the same way for the recruiters? Usually May is an important time. That's when the recruiters get to come to the schools. They can come to practice. They can go into the halls of the schools, talk to teachers, assistant principals, really do their fact finding. Are we going to be back on schedule for that this spring? Not with that part. As far as I, my um, understanding is now, they're not um, allowed to come into the uh, practice or the um, schools yet. So we just okay. we just trying to wait to see how that's going to be. If I can, can I piggyback on that? Yeah, go ahead, Coach. Like like Coach said, yeah, right now, um, coaches are still not able to, you know, come in the building. So that's why Twitter is big and. Huddle is best. That's why you see me on Twitter all the times of the night, you know, just trying to push our guys because they can't come to the buildings. And, you know, you can't say, I got one guy, but here just got walking down the hall. So it's it's kind of difficult now, but, you know, we're planning to have something change. Well, I tell you, man, like I said, seeing it firsthand, being the official live stream for Clinton County at Tara Stadium. I saw you guys uh, really handle things well. They were able to even bring some fans in, Sam, a little bit. So, uh, again, we're very, very appreciative of you guys staying with us, especially talking about, I think it was like three games in 17 days. I will tell you something. I, to my love of our brotherhood, I was trying to feel some love because I'm a little bit older. Y'all, I'm about worn out. I'll be honest with you. I was like, please, no more games. Please, please, please. Let's go to social media one more time here. We got, uh, let's see here, I believe we have the lovely – Shantiris Zachary giving all kind of thumbs up and smiles. H.C. Hardy said his sister was a better bar at Morrow when they had those championships. Okay, I'm not doing that. And then another shout out to the coach from Tamara Henson. Shout out to Coach D. So, gentlemen, as you can see, social media is buzzing. And uh, we just again want to thank you and thank everybody from Jonesboro High School for supporting our show and uh, allowing you guys to uh, come out. I know you guys are busy, got a lot of stuff going on. All right. Now, I'm going to ask you. One thing? Yeah, jump in, ma'am. Jump in. I'm yak, yak, yakking. Go ahead. To all of the high school seniors out there, juniors, sophomores, I love what the gentleman said on the show. Whenever you're going to college, make sure that you look for a place that is going to feel like family. Make sure that that coaching staff and the support staff, the athletic director, that they really care about you and your future because that is what makes all the difference. Once you go to college, they will be your family away from home and you will live, breathe, eat, sleep, whatever sport you're playing in college when you go for a scholarship. So just keep that in mind. Well, I don't think you get any better advice than that, gentlemen. Um, for one who knows. I mean, since you've been there, done that, so we definitely appreciate it. So now, like I said, Coach Ford, I ain't going to ask him. I know who to ask. Coach Sir. Give us the breakdown of how we can follow Jonesboro High School online. Please, sir. Help us out. Okay, on Instagram, you got JHS Cardinal Football. And on Twitter, we got JHS Cardinal FB. And also our recruiting page that I run, uh, Recruit Jboro FB. Don't forget Facebook for the old. Oh, yeah. And Facebook for John. It says Jonesboro High. Well, there we go. Uh, follow Jonesboro High School, guys. Uh, check them out. If you want to see some game film, we actually, if you go to our, our YouTube page, Real Talk Sports page, we actually have, uh, I think, three or four of their games that we covered. We have 
the entire game stream. We also have some some pregame highlights where the fellas get into a little bit of a turn up. So we got some music underneath, you know, a little something, something that we do. So if you guys, again, go out check us out on our page. It's Real Talk Sports on YouTube, and uh, you guys will be able to do it. Okay, one last comment from social media before Jonesboro goes. It's from our good friend H.C. Hardy, and he says, the key is community and business needs to help more with these programs as well as alumni, not only to give back to those that made it to the pros in any aspect to show their faces uh, and also be a mentor to help them get where they're going but most of all, strong family support. And I think that everybody agrees with that. And uh, speaking of strong support in the community, CJ, uh, that's actually Coach CJ. He's been around for many, many, many years. Coach that made, we covered them back in 14 when they made their run. So, Coach, appreciate you. Uh, Miss uh, Shantari Zachary, Yasanda Jack, we want to get everybody's comments in before we let Jonesboro go. Everybody's very proud of you guys. So, uh, you know you got folks in your corner. We're looking, guys, until the next time we bring you back on, we want to – Coaches, we want to get you guys back on as we go into the spring season so you guys can kind of keep us updated on what's happening uh, at the school. And uh, any of you young gentlemen want to come on and practice your skills on that media interview, y'all can come on the show as well. <laughs> yes, sir. We thank you for having us. And we most definitely be looking forward to coming back. Absolutely. We appreciate you and we look forward to you. Well, guys, listen, you know, we, we've been yakking, yakking, yakking. Our sponsors are going to get mad because we got to take a break. Listen to the Real Talk Sports Show. Don't go anywhere because we got more good sports talk coming up in just a moment. Don't go nowhere. Stay tuned. Did you know that Allen Vigil Ford in Morrow, Georgia also has Lincoln? Over 35 years of using the Vigil Touch to provide excellent customer service, works hand-in-hand with the Lincoln Motor Company to provide a luxurious and seamless way to acquire your next luxury vehicle. Lincoln has an array of full-service, complimentary owner benefits. These benefits include hospitality partnerships, service pickup and delivery, all which can be accessed through the Lincoln Way app. You can even contact the 24-7 concierge to have someone assist you. Come and see our great inventory of new and pre-owned Lincolns today. Call 678-364-7345 to make an appointment with one of our brand champions or shop 24-7 online at allenvigillincoln.net. The day has arrived. It's time to let more people know about your business. You have the right marketing plan and the messaging in place. But do you have the right messenger? Good advertising and promotions need a professional sound so the message can be clearly understood. Don't leave your brand image to chance. Let our team of voiceover experts at CME lend you a hand. Give us a call at 678-304-8121 to find out how we can partner with you to give your business its voice. All right, everybody, we are back here listening to the Real Talk Sports Show, watching Real Talk Sports Show on multiple portals. First of all, big shout-out to those of you who are watching on the replay on Periscope. We appreciate you so much. And also to those of you who are watching us live on Facebook Live, we appreciate you. And also you new guys on Twitch, big shout-out. And, of course, our favorite standbys on Facebook and on YouTube Live. You're watching the Live from Atlanta, Real Talk Sports Show from the Lockdown Living Room. I'm your host, Mr. Jonathan Simmons. And the lovely lady right next to me is my co-host, Ms. Tree Goldman. And we have two special guests on with us tonight. Um, everybody should talk about black history. But see, we are black history. <laughs> so we don't have to get these special guests on because we have some great ones right here. Sam Kernshaw. I like to call him the living legend. He gets mad with me when I tell him that. But the bottom line is this guy has been on TV for years here in this market. And he's done it all. Falcons. He's done college football with Georgia State. Uh, he's done high school football with Georgia. 
High School State Association. And Mr. Clement Gordon, a guy who's done great things in the community, and his own father, who's going to tell us a little bit about, uh, is also a living legend himself. But Clement, Mr. Gordon, tell us a little bit about your dad, sir. My dad was the uh, my dad was the first black news cameraman in the southeast. And uh, February fourteenth, I think nineteen sixty eight, he walked into uh, Channel Eleven as the first black hire that wasn't a uh, maid or a valet butler, so to speak, in the uh, company. So that was uh, he's 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 definitely a living legend. Sam knows him well. I know Sam well. Yeah, uh, I know I know him very well. Legend. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and a mentor to me and, and, and to many um, who came along, wanted to work in the in the industry. And uh, he's going to I always appreciate the way he uh, just kind of took me under his wing, um, saw that I was serious about it. And because uh, he ain't going he ain't, he ain't to put the time into you unless he knows you're serious. Mm -mm. But he but he knew I was serious. And so he put the time in with me and let me see it. Let me see everything, learn how to do some things. And it always gives me great advice, still gives me great advice right. to, uh, to 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 this day. And uh, and of course, now, you know, Clemente, you play college ball, but your dad played college ball, too. That's and they right. revived the program at his alma mater, which is Allen University. Allen University, yes. Yeah, over in, uh, over in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. And then new members coming into the SIAC, so they're going to be coming to town on a regular to play against Clark, Atlanta, and Morehouse. And okay. uh, your dad's excited, man. I got to call the bookstore or something over there. He want me to get him a hat and a T-shirt with Allen yeah. on Yeah, so, yeah, he so, loved that. And that's all he wanted is a T-shirt or a hat. Yeah, <laughs> he's excited about his school about being back, and uh, and and he should be. Um, this is a big time for HBCUs and, and for college athletics. So, uh, yeah, it's great to see him do that. But yeah, give 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 give, give his dad your props. Uh, many people I know he had a big birthday celebration. I called Monica Pearson and got her on the on the on the line with him. They worked together many many times when he had gone over to work at WSB, and um, you know that's where I first encountered him. That's when I was in college. And he would just put me in, you want to come on, go with us? We're going on a shoot. Come on, go with us. And just mm -hmm. put me in the back of the car, and I'm riding along my eyes, biggest saucers, man. You know, I'm in college. I'm learning uh, learning things and seeing things. And like I said, I never I never uh, thank him enough for the time that, uh, that, that he spent. Uh, just let me touch and let me learn in real experience, you know, talking to me in a real way about it. Right, right. Tree, how important is it uh, to seeing these guys talk about uh, this giving back in the community? It's phenomenal. Uh, it, it really is phenomenal. As we know, representation matters. It's, it's very important for us to see our own and we can aspire to learn from them. And so I love that he mentored Sam and taught him this, the way to go and taught him the ropes and, and look how great Sam is. And I've always appreciated Sam from the moment I met him many, many years ago and just the hard work that he puts in, but it's, it's so important. So I just love hearing this conversation and it's important that once we make it, we have to reach back and help others get to where they want to be. Well, that's well said there. And see, now I know that see, as soon as you came on, Sam, like when you popped in the corner, like tree got a big grip. Oh, Sam! You got real excited, bro. <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you what, we, 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 gotta, we, we talk about black history. And, and Mente, you know, right now, he was kind of bearing the lead because he played collegiately at Grambling. And that means he played for legendary coach Eddie Robinson. That's and right. um, 
I can't say enough about the times I had a chance to be in his presence, the interview he and his wife. Um, and I was blessed to uh, to work the sideline for the game when he played Mississippi Valley and got his 400th win. And it was my job to interview him when he got his call from President Clinton on the 50-yard line for this game for ESPN2. And, and I didn't even know I was going to get to do this game. And they paid me for it. But see, I'd done a game for ESPN a few weeks before for free, and I ruined a new pair of shoes because it rained. <laughs> but, but, they, but, they, but they sent me to Grambling. And Mente, I got to tell you, what Coach Rob used to say all the time is true. You can't get to Grambling by accident. You got to be looking for Grambling. You got to be looking for Grambling. You have to be looking for it. You definitely have to be looking for it. It's that small. Talk about that, that small. Talk about that, but talk about that experience. You coming from a big city. You coming from Atlanta and going to Grambling, Louisiana, where the story goes, he used to have to get on the railroad track with a red flag to get the train to stop when it came through there. Uh, talk about going to a, to, to a place that, uh, like that. That's a small uh, corner of the world, but important place as well. Well, I mean, I tell you, when I uh, when my mom, me, of course, me and Fred Jones, who played with the Chiefs, and uh, James Brown, we all signed together from Southwest DeKalb. And uh, our moms took us down, drove us down, and uh, had a big van, had a van with all our stuff in it. My mom put me over to the side. And she said, you know, come here for a minute. Let me, let me explain something to you. I told her, she said, you need to make this work down here. You know, you got to make this work. You know, don't come home. You know, she said, come home on visits and holidays, but don't come home like getting put out or nothing like that. You have to make this work and don't and don't and don't stay down here and trying to be slick. And, you know, because you think because you're from Atlanta that you're slicking in everybody and know everything and all that. She said, you need to just do what, what these people ask you to do. And do right, you know, and that and that stood out with me a whole lot. But as far as just being down there in the city, the small town, and uh, playing for Coach Eddie Robinson, man, that was just amazing. It's kind of surreal when you go and sit in the office with him, and you'll really get caught up just looking at him. And while he's speaking to you, and all his words are just zoned out after a while, and you'll look and be like, I'm sitting in front of Eddie Robinson. You know, that's that's how I was the first time. So it, it really took some getting used to. But uh, he will wake you up because he's a he, he was a hard man. He was very hard, very stern, hard work. That's all he believes in hard work. He ran the same place for forty years. He didn't change not one place. He ran the same place for forty years, and he'd tell him just be better than the man in front of you. He's not running no trick plays. He's not changing up. You could have scouted us in nineteen eighty nine with a film from Doug Williams back in nineteen seventy eight. He ran the same place. It was just all about hard work. And being a good American, that was his thing. That was his saying. Be a good American, hard work. He taught a lot of guys character, integrity, uh, learning the game. He was a, a teacher of the game, and he was a teacher of life. You know, he always taught you to the victor, uh, to the victor go to spoils. You know, sometimes we'll be mad because we lost the game and don't want to sing the national anthem. I mean, the school song after, after the game, he'll tell the band, hold it, stop, start over. Just sing the song. The boys whooped y'all. Sing the song. That has nothing to do with it. So he taught us that. He taught us a lot of things like that about life. You know, a lot of stuff that Coach Rob taught us was not only about football, but was about life also. Well, I tell you, man, it's uh, just, I mean, just listening to that um, and hearing those stories about Grambling, I mean, it's just, it's incredible. Uh, I never got a chance to meet Coach Rob. I did get a chance to meet two of his great quarterbacks uh, here with the, uh, when they were doing some work at the Black College Football of Fame, got a chance to meet Doug Williams and 
and James Shaq Harris, and uh, they, they, those two fellas are pretty impressive. I gotta say, no, they are. Um, I've uh, I haven't seen Doug in a couple of years. I was just at the uh, College Football Hall of Fame downtown last year for Coach Robinson's. Uh, it would have been his hundredth birthday or something mm-hmm. like that. They had a big celebration right. for him down there, and uh, Shaq James Harris. He he was there. I mean, him spoke a lot and exchanged numbers and took some pictures together. Sam, you didn't tell me about that, man. You you supposed to keep me in the loop. I had I I keep you in the loop with some things. I mean, that's that's something. um, uh, As we get set to play, as we get set to play football here in a couple of weeks, um, Grambling and the schools and the SWAC are going to tee it up and play some spring football. And Mente, I don't know how you feel about guys playing games. This time of year, it's going to be a little, a little bit different. But uh, I'm excited about your conference. Um, man, you got Florida A&M coming in. You got Bethune-Cookman coming in. And you got Deion Sanders at Jackson State. Now, the, the Coach 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 Primetime is, is promising to shake things up down there, Minister Simmons. He's well, going we to get see. some players. He come down, he picked a couple of dudes up that's supposed to be going over to Athens to play for Georgia. Got him coming down to Jackson State. He's coming to change the game, Mente. What, what, what yeah. the rest of the schools going to do to raise their game now? Well, we're going to see. You know, I'm going to see March the 6th about that because they come to ground in March the 6th. And I'm going to head down to ground on March the 6th. And uh, he he has done some great things. I'll make no mistake about it. I think the hiring of Deion Sanders was great for the swag as a whole and all black college football. And uh, he has made some moves and got some transfers, some big name transfers. But that's been going on for years. You know, they got to play together. He got to get them to jail together. You know, and, you know, from coming from University of Tennessee or University of Georgia, going to Jackson State or Texas Southern, you know, it's a little different. You know, it's a lot of it's a, it's a lot of different. It's a lot of distractions that can uh, keep you from being on your game. You know, you have to be mentally strong. To play at you yeah. have to be really strong to play at a, at a HBCU because not only the lifestyle is different, the facilities are not the same, uh, you know, and the guys are different. You know, the guys gonna try to talk you out of your game. They they gonna do most of the talking to try to talk you out of your game. The guys on your own team, especially if you're yeah. better than them, you know, they gonna yeah. try to talk you out of the game. Period. Anyway, so we gonna see. And like uh, I think my boy Fred McNair said the other week, a couple of weeks ago, at an interview. They asked him how come he had, didn't mention Deion Sanders' name. Fred said he don't have any swag hours. So he don't have no swag hours yet. So I can't really give him no prop C until he gets some swag hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. do coming into the league. I tell you what, though, and, and this for, for, for Tree and for and for Minister Simmons and for you, Mente, you know, he's, he's talking some guys into making a sacrifice. And then let's just be honest about the recruiting process. The top players, everybody feels like they need to go to the ACC or the SEC or the big schools where they run out in front of 90,000 people each week on national television. They're going to have to sacrifice that to go to Jackson State. But they got to be doing it in in the mind. They're doing something for a bigger purpose. Uh, And also they got to have a good experience. I mean, that's the main thing you've got to make sure they have, that they go there and has an environment for success, on the field, he's going to coach him up. And if they have the ability to play at the next level, he's going to get them ready. That's the big thing he wants to prove, that they can go to Jackson State and you can get to the next level. Because right. basically our folks have been sold a bill of goods. If you don't go to an SEC school, you can't play pro ball. So right. he's going to disprove that to start. Right. Um, right. But also he needs to give them a good experience. 
Uh, they need to have a, a good experience, have a path for success education. You talk about the socialization, that's good. But one thing that they're going to get, not in the spring, but in the fall, that they cannot get at the SEC, they cannot get at the ACC. They're going to, Jackson State will kick off against Florida A&M and Miami in the Dolphin Stadium. And that's those right. guys are going to walk out in, 70, in front of 70,000 people that look like them. That look like them. You can't get that in the SEC. You can't, you can't get, get that in the ACC. That's and right. That's what I'm talking about. If Deion Sanders gives those guys a great experience, mm-hmm. you know, then you have others that will come and follow. That's right. And uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, they, they have to uh, – that's going to be – it's probably going to be a shock for a, a lot of them. But when they see that, that'll change their whole you've mindset. Seen, you've seen that. You know oh, what I've that seen feels it. like. You know, I've seen it. Bayou Classic, I mean, I've, I've seen it. And, and it was it was, it, it was it was stunning. You know what I mean? But yeah. I was I was I was I was thrilled about it and uh, I performed well. And of course, I got drafted. And that's one of the things, uh, you know, before Coach Godfrey uh, retired, you know, that was kind of like people started giving a knock on him about that. He wasn't sending guys to the D1 schools, to the D1 schools. I mean, I thought it was about really getting a free education. I mean, that's what it was when I was coming up. You know, my mom was like, you know, they're going to pay, give you a scholarship, you know, go. You know, I don't care where you go. And nowadays in the NFL, you can play at any college, man. If you're good enough, the NFL will find you. I mean, they'll yeah, find you. Look at yeah. the defensive back. The Falcons had a couple of years. What's the name? The little short, the short guy. Played cornerback, number 20. He went to the to the Dolphins later on. I can't think of his name, but oh, he went yeah. to a college I've never I'm even heard of. It. Yeah, yeah. He was up, up, up in Pennsylvania. Look, Shippensburg, one of them schools. Shippensburg. Up there. Small yeah, I mean, school. if you yeah, and, if and, you, and, that was Brent Grimes. Brent Grimes. Yeah, Brent, Grimes. Grimes. Brent Grimes, Brent Grimes. Had yeah. those bad hops. Had a bad white too rest on the story. Yeah, but yeah, when, now, when when yeah. you're in high school and playing ball and trying to get a scholarship, man, it's it's still you know I think a lot of times we lose you know a lot of parents don't have lost focus on what it's really about you know it's about the education man you getting a free education. My mom, I went to grounding for five years for four years plus a red shirt year, and my mom didn't pay not one dime. So, I mean that's what it's about to me. And then you get you get that education. Tree, how about you yeah, when you when yeah. you go out because you do a lot of stuff out in the community what is that your same message to the younger kids is about the education yeah i always tell them it's about the education and what you can do to get a free education because <laughs> you're a student athlete first so it's all about your your grades and i just think nowadays it's just too many parents that are pushing their kids to be professional athletes you even see it when you go and see the young eight, nine, 10 year old kids playing football. It's like every parent thinks that their child is going to be the next Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. And it's like, just let your kids be a kid and have fun and play. If that happens, then yes, it happens. But it's, it's just a crazy, it's a crazy society. And, and I think that it is about the education. Take your opportunity to get a free education. On that note, we're going to get some, yeah. some free advertisement for the second here. Listen, guys, you're watching Real Talk Sports Show. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Hang in there. We'll be back. Are you in the market for a new vehicle? Well, check out Allen Vigil Ford Lincoln in Morrow, Georgia. We have one of the largest inventories in our area for both new and pre-owned vehicles, so we're sure to have something for everyone. Family-owned and operated since 1982, customer satisfaction is our number one priority. Come see our full lineup of vehicles and find the one that best fits you. Give us a call today, 678-726-5739, or shop us 24-7 online at allenvigilford.net. 
better than the sound of diesel in the morning. And what better place to get high horsepower diesel than the all-new 2024 F-250, now with 475 horsepower and over 1,000 foot-pounds of torque. You know where to get it? For me, the minister, Jonathan Simmons at Allen Visual Ford Commercial Sales. Because you know why? I'm the commercial truck guy in a certain town. This is OJ Howard with Real Talk Sports. What's up, guys? This is Tim Tebow. You're listening to Real Talk Sports. This is Charles Woodson. Let me grab the mic. You ready? This is Charles Woodson with Real Talk Sports. Hey, it's your boy JB Smooth with Real Talk Sports. Had to get it all in. You know, I got to do a little promotion for the dealership. Got to do a little self-promotion. Got to do a little bit of snap. You're welcome back to the Real Talk Sports Show. I'm your host, Mr. Jonathan Simmons. Right next to me, the lovely Ms. Tree Dolman, the living legend, Mr. Sam Crenshaw, and our community spotlight. And we're going to say he's our black history guy as well. Clemente Gordon is in the building. Now, gentlemen, while we took that break, you know, it's always time for us to make a little transition to talk a little pro football and our Atlanta Falcons. And Sam, now you know, if we're talking Falcons, there's only one man that we're going to call if it's the Falcons. He's the embedded beat writer for AJC Sports. Uh, he is uh, does great stuff with the Falcons. He always gets the first question at every press conference. He's also Esquire Par Excellence, Professor Par Excellence, the one and only D. Orlando Ledbetter is in the building. D. Led, welcome back, sir. Hey, Reverend Stevens, thanks for ha- thanks for having me on the show tonight. And hello to all the guests, Ms. Tree, Ms. Brother Gordon, and Brother Crenshaw. How you doing? What's going on? What's going on? And the, the D-Led, watch out for Mente. He's a Grambling man. I know he's a Howard man. So you we'll know, we don't want no HBCU, we'll no HBCU problems on here tonight. It's all, hey, love, in the, it's all love up in the HBCU room. Hey, hey, to, to, to the Victor go to Spurs, he beat Dave Howard beat you oh, twice. Here we go. They beat me twice. They beat me twice. I got to give it to them. Up in New York, they got me twice. Oh, yeah. Oh, with the young mm. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Well, right. gentlemen, the minds of everybody now are on the NFL and all the all the craziness going on here. We got NFL free agency now is in full throttle. Of course, everybody's worried about the draft. Uh, so. First of all, I just want to kind of get some feelers out there. Uh, I'm going to go to Miss Dolman first. You've been seeing all this stuff going on here, all this great stuff happening. I'm going to give you a couple of guys out of Houston. And I'm going to ask you your opinion on whether they would fit here with the Falcons. What would you think about the Falcons bringing in number 99, J.J. Watt, to come play for us? I think J.J. Watt would be a good addition, and um, we'll see. Like, I, I think that the main thing that we need, we just really need guys that are ready to work hard and we really need that mental mentality. We have some talent. It'll be great to add on more talent, but we need guys that are really mentally tough that can finish the games. That, that's well said right there. No, no more, no more fade outs. Now I'm going to throw you one more name out of Houston as well. Now this would probably take a King's ransom and then some, but would you like the idea of number four, Mr. Deshaun Watson coming to Atlanta. 
I actually would love that idea. I think if he came, it would be great for the fans, great for the city of Atlanta. I think he would be happy here. I think it would be a great move for him as well as for the Falcons. We'll see. I, I'm, I'm actually very curious about that one because I've been hearing different things about it, but we'll see. I do think it would be good for Atlanta, though. All right, we're going to go to the expert, D-Led. Uh, those two questions out there, any shot that the Falcons – well, first of all, you can go after either one of those two guys. And do you think it would be a good fit? Zero and zero. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, we can't talk about it, right? <laughs> but, like, we, we go over the Falcon salary cap situation. You know they are upside down. Uh, J.J. was getting ready to make $17 million. So unless he's coming on the free three, and we're going to tell him in food set, you know, he ain't coming. But, hey, he looks pretty good out there if we can get it. Same thing with Mr. Watson. He's 25, just signed a big contract. We already got one big contract on the roster. So unless they swap, you know, it, it couldn't make sense. But, you know, so, um, you know, you're Houston. Do you take that deal? And uh, that's probably a no. You don't trade a 26-year-old quarterback. 25-year-old quarterback for a 37-year-old quarterback. It, it just, I just have – that'd be history. That'd be a historical of all time. All right, I'm going to throw some sweeteners in there. This is my trade proposal to the Houston Texans. You will take our Mr. Matt Ryan, who's done a phenomenal job here that was in Atlanta and will give you some stability because Mr. Watson no longer wants to be there. You will give us Mr. Watson. In addition to Mr. Ryan, we will give you our first-round pick, which is – Number four, you could probably get your quarterback replacement right there. And if that's not enough for you, I'll give you a choice. You can take a second-round pick in 2022 or another first-round pick in 2023. What say you? Well, that'd be quite a uh, hard deal to turn down. You pretty much uh, will regulate Watson to the same situation he's in in Houston with no team around him. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I think Deshaun wouldn't mind tossing the ball around to Mr. Julio uh, and uh, to some of the other firepower we got here. We could, he could kind of live with that. I think he would be able to at least escape the rush a little bit better than Matt with that Matt Schiff line. So, I mean, that's, that's my offer right there. Well, that's all right. Maybe, maybe they'll take that one. I, uh, maybe I'll get off of zero and move that up to 10 to 15%. All right. Okay. That's all, that's all I want. Oh, I want to get generous, off the side. generous. <laughs> yeah, being generous. We gotta talk about stuff like that. The fans want to hear that. Um, you know, maybe I'm too close to the numbers and stuff, and you know, just haven't seen it. But heck, you know, uh, why part of being a fan is being able to dream about your team getting better, and then maybe one day they do make a trade. I remember where I was at. I was driving down South Cobb Drive when I heard on the radio that the Falcons had traded for. Uh, with the Chargers to get the number one pick. And uh, now nah, I just started speeding off to the house so I can order my uh, ticket. So, you know, maybe something like that will happen. You know, get the fan base excited. Watson would certainly do that. Um, you know, J.J. Watt would do that. Uh, you know, and then a couple people in the draft at number four would do that. So we're at a point where the franchise has uh, took a dive down to last place. And they need to do something to bring them back up. Yeah, there's no doubt. I, they're going to have to find some way to get uh, fans back in in the stadium. 
Uh, how they're going to do it, we don't know. I'm going to run around and ask everybody uh, this same question that's been going out, the idea of what the Falcons should do with that number four pick. So I'm going to go to you, Sam, first. Should they keep the pick or should they package together and drop down? Um, you know, if they're not ready to go ahead and get a quarterback right now, they they they, they may want to they may want to drop down. But I mean, whichever one they do, I think uh, a priority. You you to me, you do draft a quarterback in in this draft. Uh, I'm not saying it's the number one player that you pick, but you do get one in this draft. I think um, the offense is both. It's the lines though. I think it's both lines. You still don't have enough pass rush. We still got to have better pass protection. We got to remember what division we're in. You know, we uh, we face the New Orleans Saints and they dribble Matt Ryan like a basketball all all day long. And we just saw a defense chase Patrick Mahomes all over the field, you know, 900 yards, it just scrambling. So that's those are the defenses that we got to deal with. So to me, we get to do something with the offensive line. All right, Clemente, what do you think? Keep number four or package together and uh, get some more picks? Well, I mean, me, me being an offensive guy, you know, I feel like if you're at number four, you pick the best player that's available, whether that be Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase. Because, I mean, I look at it like the Falcons' offense really wasn't that bad last year. I just wanted Coach to come in and um, put Matt Ryan in the position like he was when they went to the Super Bowl. I think Matt Ryan would be a top-five quarterback if he's in the hurry up. I mean, I've seen him in a hurry up, go downfield many a times with no problem. And, you know, all this. if they keep him in the hurry up, I mean, I think the Falcons offense do. They need to go defense. I mean, the Falcons need to really get some defense. But with, but with that first pick, if Jamont, if Chase is available or Devontae Smith, I mean, you got to go offense and put Matt Ryan in the hurry up and the offense will put up big numbers. And they'll do something. Then later on, down, you know, second round or something, you can just go all defense. The Falcons need a pass rush. If they get a hey. pass rush, and uh, if they had a pass, the Falcons really last year should have been at least 10 and 6, man, really, when you really look at it, being honest. But they offense put up numbers last year. I mean, so I don't really think the offense need to be – they just need to tweak that part of I think put Matt Ryan in the hurry up and the offense will come back. Okay, before I go to Treat Dorman, I, I, I don't even know what to say right now because I've been saying repeatedly, I've asked in the press conference, how come Matt – this is what he does best. He is the best – when he's operating the hurry up. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to remove myself from the broadcast for a second. I'm going to turn this over to Mr. Treat, Mr. Treat Dolman. She's going to give her opinion, and uh, you guys can chop it up. All right, Treat, who do you keep number four? Get some more picks. Well, I think that if we do keep number four, which is a good option because it is a high round for the draft, we need to get somebody who's a game changer, somebody who will come, a big name that will make a difference in Atlanta right away. But ultimately, we do also have the option where we can trade for it. And if we do trade for the number four pick, we also need to get a game changer. I think the big thing that Atlanta Falcons need this year, we need some big names that will make the fans really excited because we'll start winning. <laughs> and uh, we just really need to change the team charisma. It's just the chemistry just needs to get better, and we need some players that are going to come in here with that great finish mentality. We always can start great but not finish the game, so we just need people that know in their minds that no matter what happens, 
We are not winning. We are not losing this game. You could be down in the fourth quarter, still come back and win and just know without a shadow of the doubt that we will win this game and believe it. It's all mental. All right, I'm going to let y'all handle this for a second. D-Leg, four or more? Well, uh, I've been studying the, the draft. I'm doing a um, a podcast on why Falcons were at Trevor Lawrence's Pro Day. And uh, I pulled out my book here from 2012. It's uh, Mel Kuyper's 2012 draft preview. And, and the number 10 quarterback was somebody named Russell Wilson. <laughs> number 10. And uh, let's read some of the ones who went in front of him. Ryan Tannehill, Nick Foles, Brandon Whedon, Kirk Cousins, B.J. Coleman, Ryan Lindley, Case Keenum, G.J. Kinney, and Chandler Harnish. Those are your top uh, nine quarterbacks in 2012. Russell Wilson was number 10. So drafting quarterbacks. I don't listen. I don't yeah, you don't listen to that, man. <laughs> yeah, no. Nope. But uh, but my point is, Sam drafting the quarterbacks a crapshoot. Unless you're absolutely sure, uh, I'm going to take the best player available. Uh, although I do think the best player available might be the quarterback from Ohio State and Georgia and Justin Fields. But drafting the quarterback is so so hard. Um, I got some more numbers. I won't bore y'all with those. But um, yeah, at four, I stay put and take the best player available. Build my team that way. I like the I, number. I think it's just. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tree. You ready? She, she's ready. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was just saying for D Led, I like the numbers. You don't bore us with the numbers. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Now, numbers are good, man. That, that's it. Speaking of numbers, let's go to the number of people who are burning up social media here. Let's go here to our good friend of the show from DK Suit City. I got to put the regular glasses on. Coach Hardy says, uh, watching impact alone, not only as a player, but in the community, would be tremendous for a player that came from humble beginnings as well as a recipient of the Work Done Foundation Award to pay it forward in his home state. Also, uh, Mr. Hardy states that, uh, and J.J. Watt, leadership would impact the defense along with Grady Jarrett. And, of course, we can't stop until we have Slim. Give him a big shout-out to Clemente saying, what's up? And then uh, Coach uh, Hardy says, if Ryan is kept – we still need to acquire a plug-and-play QB similar to uh, Taysom Hill that can create some plays. All right, well, D-Led, let me – first of all, let me kind of hit on that for a second. Taysom Hill, I mean, do you want kind of like a gimmicky-type quarterback around? Well, we had one. We had one the last couple of years in uh, Muhammad Sanu and uh, Russell Gage. They didn't use them that much. Gage threw a touchdown this year. Muhammad, uh, former college quarterback at Rutgers, uh, you know, he threw a couple, but they didn't use them that much. So uh, they've always had that. They just got it from the receiver stockpile, not from the quarterback stockpile. I'm not a gadget guy. Um, I mean, I'm going to line up and run the ball down your throat. Uh, you know, you, when you start getting into all that gadget stuff, you know, um, that's just extra. Uh, you know, I don't really, you know, espouse to that theory of stopping your flow of the game to put a gadget guy in and so forth. But, um, you know, Sean Payton is making it work for him, so maybe maybe that is another avenue to pursue. But we're not talking the fourth, the fourth overall pick for a gadget quarterback. Right. All right. So I don't know. Like I said, I had to take a break for a second here. Are you? Everybody's talking a little bit about the offensive line. Do you want to pull a trigger 
on the on the gentleman. Maybe you mentioned this already. Do you, do you want to pull the trigger on the big tackle from Oregon at I'm number four? I'm tempted. Yeah, I'm tempted, but I think um, I keep. I keep think I keep seeing the uh, Clemson game in my head, though. I keep seeing Justin Fields just dropping bombs on my head every time I pick the tackle. So uh, 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 every time I start thinking about that, I'm like, "No, nah, we can't. We'll get a tackle later, man. We can't. I don't really see nobody dropping bombs like this." So yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, if you if you got a chance to get him, you got to get him. I mean, uh, because th this draft looks deep enough where I think you can. You can go further in the draft. I don't know if you get a necessarily a plug-and-play lineman, but a lineman that would be a serviceable guy. I also think you can get a running back uh, and a defender somewhere in this draft that could make some impact on this Falcon team. Yeah, no question about it. And then the, the, the quarterback from BYU that everybody's hyping, I mean, um, them are the same people that were hyping Trubisky. Okay, right. and then I got in uh, 2017, Trubisky went two. Uh, Mahomes went 10 and Watson went 12, uh, you know, so you don't, you know, these are the same guys. So don't pay attention to the Zach Wilson hype. You know, the kid lost to Coastal Carolina. So, I mean, I'm not picking him. I'm not picking him. And, uh, yeah, you can get some of those other pieces later. Definitely the running back. Uh, you got a new offensive line coach. And, you know, they're going to have to play harder. They're going to have to play harder. Ain't going to be no nice talking to these guys and, Oh, no brotherhood stuff and you know this petty pet stuff. No, nah, they're gonna have to get after it and get get ready to go knock some people off the line of scrimmage and protect the quarterback. I didn't even see guys going there to help him up when he was getting knocked around the last couple of years. That's just not allowed. Pull up D, I'm gonna have you dial. Hold on a second, D. I'm gonna do a little housekeeping. I'm gonna have you dial back your volume just a little bit. We're starting to get some a modulation. I don't know if you can do that, but just dial it back just a little bit. Sam, go ahead. No, you talk talking about those things. You you mentioned you Justin Fields, and I was saying if 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 uh, if the number four pick and Fields is there, and they passing by, we might see a revolt in this town. Um, you know, we you do have something know. called we do we do have something in this town called that that that's a phenomenon in the NFL compared to some cities. We have something called black season ticket holders. That's right in Atlanta. That's right. Hey, you, you know see, what I mean? You see the Hawks do. You see the drive the Hawks, and, and you 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 don't you don't have that in all major cities. Not to the degree we have here in this city. So, I mean, to have him available at number four and skip over him and not take him, you know. And I know we got a new brain trust, we got new general manager, we got new head coach, and all that. But but money also talks, and our team is owned by a highly successful businessman who knows his market. So I, I mind people of all of those things going into it as well. And uh, let me do a little history lesson. That same gentleman that's in the chair now, 20 years ago, backed a farm for that same reason, brought a guy here, one number seven, and we know what happened there. I'm not trying to say that Justin Fields will do that, but there's no question that we know that Arthur Blank will do it. So y'all got my vote. If, if he's available, they, they, they got to take him. Quente, what do you think? I mean, I think – I mean, it's a no-brainer if he's available. I can't see the Jets passing him up, though, at number two. Uh, yeah. That's my thoughts. I mean, if they don't take him, and if, if he is available, then, I mean, of course, I think, I mean, that that's a no-brainer. But you know, my thing is, he may not be a sleeper. I think he'll still be a first-rounder. But another, we know Trevor, Trevor Lawrence is going to do well in the NFL. We know Justin Fields is going to do well. 
quarterback from North Dakota State, he's going to do well in the NFL also. I can't – his name should be Trey, Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going to do well also. I mean, you can't sleep on him. He's a He has a big arm. He a can big run. arm. Got a big arm, and he can run. Right. And he can move around, and he got good size. People trying – people sleeping on him. He's going to come in. I think he can come in and make an impact as well. Well, I think he's going to need a little time. I think he kind of reminds me of the, uh, of the kid out of Buffalo. Same kind of, you know, mental, big, strong guy, mm-hmm. uh, can sling the ball around. But you got to get him a system where you can get that accuracy. Because one thing so far at North Dakota State, I mean, the guy, I don't think it's the first time in years I ever heard of a, of a modern-day quarterback not throwing for 50% completion rate. I mean, he just – he doesn't do it. But, man, I watched a clip of him throwing that deep ball. Well, that was like a thing of beauty. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he can't yeah, throw that's it. That's the only uh, thing. He, 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 he only played one game this past season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But do you I let any other breaking it. news any other breaking news come out of the Falcons camp? I know the Brain Trust has been all over television. NFL Network's had them on. They've been doing a tour of Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which I find kind of funny because both of them, at least Fontenot, he's been there plenty of times. But anyway, any breaking news coming from Flowery Branch? No, it's kind of a dead period. They – um. Uh, they went to Trevor Lawrence's uh, pro day on Friday, so that was that was news. Everything they're going around to the NFL Network, just repeating what's on their uh, uh, bullet point talking script. You know, they're not breaking news out there. So uh, you know, they're making the rounds. That the, the teams are on part of NFL Network, so you know they're obligated to appear on there from time to time. So uh, yeah, that's kind of what they're doing. Just telling them the same stuff they told us about Julio and Matt and uh, all their uh, grandiose ideals on how they're going to get better and so forth and so on. And uh, we'll talk to them again here on the 23rd of that week, of which would have been their normal combine visitation with the media. Uh, but since we're not going to the combine, we'll kind of get the state of the team. But uh, the big issue is, you know, how they're going to cut the roster down. They don't know how they're going to do it yet because the uh, salary cap number hasn't been set yet. And so, uh, you know, they're kind of twisting in the wind with uh, how they're going to cut down to get underneath the salary cap. And then, uh, you know, if they're going to have any money left to go after any uh, any uh, decent uh, mid-level to low-level free agents. Yeah, a lot going on there uh, with the Falcons camp still with money. Let's go to social media uh, one more time here. Our good buddy from DNK Sioux City, HQ Hardy, he said, with the world constantly changing in social injustice and athletes expressing their views to the media, et cetera, could there, could there possibly be a fear of the owners not only to hire a head minority coach, a head coach of minority, but also as well as an African-American quarterback who's now the leader of your team but not sure if he will express his views, which may not be – which may be a PR problem, a.k.a. Uh, Kaepernick or even disgruntled QBs pertaining to organizations. And then his last thing is he says here, fantasy world, would you take Ryan and a four to trade him to Jacksonville for Lawrence and a two? Yeah, uh, yeah we take that. No question about it. Uh, I'll see where Jacksonville would. But, yeah, that, yeah, that, I, I'd hang the phone up real fast on yeah. that one. Uh, but yeah, uh, as far as the social consciousness, the owners are clearly not ready to hire black head coaches. Uh, they whiffed again here. They hired a one uh, and a, a Muslim brother in New York. So, um, you know, out of the seven hires, you had two. So 
A lot more people got interviewed but didn't get head coaching jobs. So that still speaks to the um, underlying institutional racism in the National Football League that showed its face during the Kaepernick proceeding. They didn't even know it. And then they come back four years later and say, oh, we were wrong. Now we got all these lovely signs on the field, but it takes all of us. And uh, we get to hear the National Black Anthem at the games now. And, you know, so, hey, uh, they're trying to correct that wrong. Uh, with regards to the quarterbacks, I think we've seen that move uh, over the last five to ten years where, you know, you have a Watson. You got, uh, you know, you got Joshua Dobbs that's back up in Pittsburgh, you know. <laughs> You used to have no back, black backups. That's progress right there. And, you yeah. know, Matt Scott made $94 million as backup. So, you know, um, that's real progress. And then you got, you know, um, Lamar in, in Baltimore and so forth. Russell in Seattle. So we've seen some progress at the quarterback position. But as far as putting a black man in charge of the whole football team, they're still kind of jumpy about that because we're not. We're seeing them give jobs to white guys who can't even stand up and hold a press conference in Philly. Uh, the guy in uh, uh, the, the 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 Rams defensive coordinator went to San Diego. They had like ten better coaches than him. He only been in the league two years. Um, good guy. I, I heard people tell me what a great guy he was coming from northeastern Ohio and so forth. And same school that produced Don Shula. Maybe he's the next Don Shula. I don't know, but. Seems like the brothers got a coach for 20 years, be coordinator, call the plays, make the Gatorade, and run the weight room, and then they can get an interview. And then you know, they get the job. So, yeah, the NFL is not ready for it. Uh, I know Troy Vincent uh, and the Fritz Pollard Alliance, people are fighting to educate these owners to take down these walls of institutional racism. And so it's just going, you know, going to be a pro longer process. I've been covering the league since '95, and they've been still talking about this. And that was when Sherman Lewis was up for the Dallas Cowboys job that went to Chan Gailey from America, Georgia. So you know, they, it's been deep grained and embedded, and you ain't going, you're not going to change that overnight. Well, Sharia, speaking of diversity, uh, I, I I know that. Well, let me ask you, how do you feel uh, they had that iconic picture of the Tampa Bay coaching staff? And you had not one but two women on the winning staff. Well, you know, I love it. Girl power. I think it's great to see women coaching. And if, if they're qualified, then I think it's great. And these women are qualified. So it, it was just a great time in the world for women. And I think that you will start seeing more women actually getting to coaching men. And if they're really studying their craft, then I think if they're good enough, they should get hired. Yeah, very interesting. So, you know, past two Super Bowls, we've had that. Uh, the I think I think she might have been the strength coach last year in San Francisco. She was the first woman to be on the staff. And then, of course, we looked at Tampa Bay. They had not one but two. And, uh, of course, in college football, we had the first woman to grace the field for a Power 5 conference in Vanderbilt. So, uh, yeah, a lot. What, what do you call it? Girl power? Girl power. Can we go back there? And, 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 and don't forget, don't forget, Minister Simmons, Georgia High School had girls flag this year and the participation yeah. was uh, incredible it's going to be even bigger next year and you say well these girls will they play you know football at the college level will they put the pads and maybe not but they're going to prepare themselves for jobs they're going to get to be officials they can get to be coaches they can be color commentators in the booth not just sideline girls and oh by the way how do you build that scoreboard over there 
Why is that light over here? We're going to move this light over here. They're going to be in the business of making the scoreboard. They're going to make some money the guys aren't going to make because the guys are going to be so busy trying to make it on the field. They're going to learn all the rules and the lingo and the, and the way the game operates and the inner workings. Plus, they're going to say, why that pile on that corner got to be orange? You know, why can't it be another? You know, and, and, and work for the company that makes that pile on and works for the company that makes that scoreboard with that video screen in it and, and, and come out of it with jobs. And so, to me, that's that, that's something I think that we're planning. And we're behind. Florida's had it for years. And uh, mm-hmm. this is the first year for it here in Georgia. Well, you know, certainly a young lady's been on our show a couple of times. Uh, Ms. Candace Mitchell, she was a uh, big proponent of that. She played, I believe, on a professional women's flag football champion. And, sure, she's been a champion for women's tackle football. A lot of people don't know that. They actually, Atlanta, that, that's one of the few winning teams we had. The Atlanta uh, Phoenix, I think it was. They actually won a couple of women's mm-hmm. professional championships here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, kudos to her. Yeah. And hopefully we'll have her come back off. Yeah. I know she's excited. I saw her Twitter page light up when the women were handling their business. We know, guys, that we're getting towards the end of the broadcast here. Let me check my time. we got about maybe 10 to 9 minutes left, so we, we definitely want to you know, go around the room and kind of get a sensibility of what some of you guys are doing. Clemente, we want to talk to you for just a second on what you're doing in the community because I know we talked offline about some of the things you and your wife have been doing. So fill us in a little bit on that. Me and my wife are getting our um, nonprofit organization off the ground called Gordon's Gifts. We mainly focus on uh, – uh, making sure elderly people elderly people are getting uh the food that they need with this COVID process going on. Um we started off going to a lot of uh food food banks and picking up items in our uh with our own personal car, loading it down and just going around dropping off meals and dropping off bags, mainly people in our community and to start off with the people in our community and our family members. And uh we we're trying to branch out to a more broader spectrum. But that's mainly what we're starting to do. We're trying to get this uh these food things going to hopefully get a building or somewhere we can start storing some items and uh, just have people come and pick food up. And, and how important is that? Because, you know, we, we keep hearing uh, in the media and the story will pop up and then go away. This idea about there is still a problem, even in the United States of hunger and this aspect of not having food available, what they call food deserts, food you know, places where people can't get good quality food. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it's amazing to me that that goes on with all of the other things that uh, the government focus on, things that they think are important. It's amazing to me that they just don't think it's important to make sure that every person in America, every child, every mother, every father, everyone gets a hot meal. I mean, it's, it's amazing to me. That's why I look at people like Jose Williams, his, his foundation, man, and they still rolling. I mean, that's 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 great to me. I mean, that's great. And that's what me and my wife want to kind of piggyback on that and just try to make sure, you know, a lot, especially these kids, man, a lot of these kids get good hot meals because a lot of kids don't even get a meal every day. And uh, we just want to make sure that, you know, try to make sure everyone gets fed around here. Well, definitely, man, we want to uh, do whatever we can to support you, especially in terms of promoting what you do. And I'm sure that uh, Sam would say the same thing. It's, you know, we, we can help do what we do here in the media by getting those good stories out. Well, uh, how can people follow you on social media? We always like to kind of, as we get to the wrap up, we do a little something where the person gets to come on and tell people about their social media, their websites, phone numbers, email. And when we do that, we simply say, the floor is yours. Okay, my email is gordonclemente354 at gmail.com. I'm not a Facebook guy. I'm not really into Instagram. Just email me, and that's how you can get in contact with me. 
Uh, we got we got to get you a social media coordinator there, Clinton. Once you get rolling, that's big. We got to get you out here. <laughs> my wife been trying to get my 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 wife been trying to get me, and she's about she's very close. So next time I come on, if you have me back, then I have all of that information. I just want to piggyback on some what Miss Tree was saying about the uh, girl power. You know, a couple of years ago, I don't know if Sam knows. A couple of years ago, Coach Eddie Robinson's great granddaughter kicked mm-hmm. field goals for Mays High. That's she's right. Yeah, the field goal kicker Mays. Yeah. High. Oh yeah. So you know, oh, the girl yeah. power has been. You know, it, mm-hmm. it has started yeah, it cranking real up. Good. You know, a couple of years ago, and it's, it's it's coming in. It's really getting big now. But she was a field goal kicker at Mays High. Yeah. Well, Clemente, I can assure you, man, yeah, we'll have Chloe, you back on Chloe the show again, man. Good. Okay. I, yeah, I, we, I, it, it was it was it was my pleasure, and I want to appreciate you. It was a pleasure seeing all of you, and a pleasure seeing Sam again. And we need to talk, brother. Hit me up. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Always, yeah, that, 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 that was my little surprise for me. I, I kind of I called Sam and told him you were coming on, and he said, "Yeah, I can make some time in my schedule for that." So I said, I, I didn't. I said, I'm not gonna tell you. I said I just surprised you, man. So I'm glad that you guys were able to get together. And like I said again, we look forward to having you back on with us again. Real soon, man. Be blessed. Okay, you all too. That man, Clemente Gordon, in the building, uh, doing some great things, and uh, we appreciate him and his wife for all the stuff that they do. And again, we do look forward to having them back on the air real soon. All right, well, we, we got to go to the legend, Mr. Sam Crenshaw. The floor is yours. <laughs> oh gosh, um, that, that was cool. I enjoyed that with 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 uh, Clemente Gordon and. And like I said, once again, uh, thankful for all this, this mentorship that his dad you know, gave to me. And we want to follow up with his organization, what he's doing, because it is very important, especially for our young people to have meals. Uh, no no kid's going to do well in class with their stomach growling, uh, whether they're in a classroom or if they're doing it online. So, yes, 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 let, let, let's, let's lend our support to him. I'm just doing uh, what we do in this in this uh, time of pandemic, uh, doing things with CW69 News at 10, which is new. I'm thankful they had the chance for me to be a part of that. It's an odd, different newscast and the news and weather people in Dallas, Texas, not even here in Atlanta, but we've been a newscast for Atlanta. Tell me how you do that. It's the age of technology. You can do those type things. So I'm thankful to be a part of those things. Also doing stuff with uh, ATL 26 down at City Hall and Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. She's concerned about this all-star game and don't want people coming to town to get them lemon pepper wings delayed. Uh, so, so oh, <laughs> I don't know. The NBA All Star Game. I think they still got some people left out there on uh, on Peachtree Road that's still stuck from 2003. D led, and people never <laughs> found their way home. <laughs> that was just crazy, man. I mean, I, I was there for that. I was actually. What happened? Is that is... <laughs> you got stuck that in the train? That was a crazy weekend, man. No, no, I, I was actually with I was actually working for an Infinity dealer, and I was chauffeuring around some of the Fox Sports production people, and uh, yeah, it was definitely a sight to see. But listen, man, we got you got to tell people how they can find more, find out more about you, social media, website, all the kind of stuff. Once again, the floor is yours, Sam Prince, y'all. Yo, okay. Let me wrap up because Lick got stuff happening too. I met Sam Crenshaw 23, you know, on um, on, on the Twitter, as they say. Uh, Samuel Crenshaw on Facebook. I am on Facebook. That's where the grown and sexy. Uh, the grown and sexy is on Facebook. Uh, and also I'm on Instagram with SR Crenshaw. You can follow me there as well. Watch for podcasts I'm working on Talking Tennis Southern Style. Uh, it's coming up next week. I interviewed Alan Green. Alan Green is the tennis coach at Xavier in New Orleans. 
They are the number, the, the men's team is number two ranked in the country, NAIA, the women number three in the country, uh, NAIA. This is a tennis team at an HBCU, and his women's team has several young ladies from Atlanta. He has a pipeline to Atlanta. A lot of people don't know there's an HBCU, the NAIA, ranked number top in the top five tennis teams in the country. So that tennis uh, broadcast, that our podcast is talking tennis Southern styles. So y'all take care. And for those of you who don't know, Sam is a big tennis aficionado, always covers uh, the tournament here that they hold right in Atlantic Station. He's always on the scene. So, Sam, we appreciate you, man. And uh, don't be no stranger now. We appreciate you. Sam Crenshaw. And now we are down to just three. And, of course, guys, you know we got to go to the man who covers the Falcons the best, Mr. B. Orlando Ledbetter. The floor is yours. Well, thank you, Reverend. Thanks for having me. As always, uh, you can find my work on AJC.com. We push it out on Twitter at the Orlando AJC. We have the uh, 250th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. You can get that on iPad and uh, um, um, iTunes. I'm sorry. Uh, Stretcher and all those platforms. The 250th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast dropping tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Thank you. Well, there you go, guys. Remember, D.O. Leonard Ledbetter, you can see scroll underneath. Go to AJC.com. Go to the sports section, and you will find his cover nine on nine and all the great stuff that he does with them. And remember, follow him at D. Orlando AJC. If you want to hook up with him, I'll put it up there for you. Bam! There it is. Hit him right there on Twitter, and you'll find him there. D. Led, man, we appreciate you as always. Till next time, sir, God bless you. Have a great night. And then there were two. Praise the Lord. Well, Tree, it looks like it's just me and you now with just a few minutes left to go on the broadcast. Uh, another great show. We had some great guests tonight, huh? Oh, yes. Phenomenal. It was a great show. I, I loved everybody that came on. Really phenomenal. It was good stuff. So now, okay, now, you're no stranger. Now the floor is yours. All right. Well, you can find me at It's Latresa. That's I-T-S-L-A-T-R-E-S-A. -S -S and that's on Instagram. And that's where you can find all my other stuff. Stay tuned because in a couple of months, I have some big things coming up. All right. Well, uh, we got some hopefully big things coming up here on this show. We're going to continue to bring you the type of guests that you like and you enjoy. So we appreciate each and every one of you that tune into uh, this broadcast here with us. Remember, you can follow me personally on social media at Minister J Sim. That's how you can find right there. It pops up right there on the screen. You also can follow the show itself at Real Talk Sports 7. Please, ma'am, please, sir, go to our YouTube page. Uh, please follow us. Not follow us on YouTube. Go ahead and, uh, and uh, yeah, follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube. That's what I'm looking for. Subscribe to us and hit the bell, which will give you the alert to let you know uh, and notifications when we are on the air. Well, you know, guys, uh, you can see there, uh, it says Minister Jonathan Simmons. So I'm a real minister. So before I get off the broadcast, I always like to give you uh, this uh, great appeal and ask you, hey, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ, your personal Savior? You say, no. Well, hey, here's why you should. Nobody loves you like Jesus. Not your mom, not your auntie, not your grandmom and them, not your bestie, not your bae, not your BFF. None of those folks love you like him. Why? Because he made you and he died for you. That's right. He died so that all your sins can be forgiven. Now you say, well, this seems pretty cool. Well, you need to take advantage of it because what that does for you is two things. Number one, it gives you a direct connection to God. You now are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven and you are an official adoptive child of God, which means you can go to God yourself and pray. But the only way you can do that is do the following things. One, you got to confess your sins. Say, God, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to do it. 
Number two, you got to believe that Jesus came, walked here upon the earth as a man and a God and died for your sins and was risen from the dead. And if you believe that, confess it to somebody, bam, you become a citizen of the kingdom and adopted child of God. And you get to go to a happy place when you die called heaven, not that bad place called hell. I don't know about you. I like option number one, not option number two. All right, guys, listen, we appreciate those of you who have watched the broadcast here. Also, big shout out to those of you watching on the replay on Periscope and also on demand on YouTube. Big shout out to those of you who watched us here on Facebook Live. We want to give thanks to everybody who came on the show, the Orlando Ledbetter, Lamente Gordon, all the guys from Jonesboro High School. Big shout out to the Cardinals. I also want to give a shout out to uh, who's our other guest here? Am I drawing the yeah, Oh, Sam Crenshaw. Well, appreciate Sam and appreciate each and every one of you. All right, guys, until next time when you join us again, God bless you and good night. Bye. Bye-bye.